The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And thanks so much for joining us again on Winning Ponies. These are exciting times. Last week, we brought you a Super Saturday this week, we kind of have another Super Saturday. We've got Fall Stars, All Stars at Keeneland. There were some uh, substantial upsets in racing last week, and we will get to those. Um, we were supposed to have Dave Litvin on as our first guest to uh, take us through some of the big races at Belmont Park. A lot of winning your ends still around. And uh, where you're having a communication breakdown. And so my good friend Ed Meyer said he would step up to bat. So Ed is going to take us through the Belmont races, and then we're going to go to Eclipse Award winner Frank Angst, who's going to tell us what's happening at Keeneland. We're going to try to get as many races as we can in. There's such a slew of graded stakes races uh, this weekend. So all the more reason for you to go to winningponies.com and pull down the easy win forms as you know, we go from coast to coast. But these are the days where when there's a huge card at Belmont Park, opening Saturday at Keeneland, there's so many people betting into the pool, you can get some great odds, and the pots are fantastic. You can make a major wager, and you're not going to turn that horse into the post-time favorite. So the, the easy win forms, uh, another great week. Uh, Churchill Downs, of course, they're closed now because Keeneland's open. But uh, on the first, we had a $1 super key that paid 5219 And the following day, a $1 pick four that returned $7,300. At Mountaineer, a $1 pick four that paid over 6000 Let's not forget our friends at Los Alamitos who closed out. And uh, there on the first, a $1 super paid 6678 you can go up on the site and check out all the, all the results uh, that we gave you with the easy win forms, but this would be a great week to get up there. Um, some of the races uh, that we'll be looking at will be the grade one. This is Belmont, the grade one Frisette, uh, perhaps the Kelso Handicap, uh, the grade one Flower Bowl, and the Champagne, a race that's had a huge impact on the history of the sport over the years. That's for the two-year-old boys. And then the Million Dollar Jockey Club Gold Cup at Belmont. And then pull down those easy win forms at Keeneland. We'll be talking with Frank. It uh, kicks off tomorrow with the Grade 1 $400,000 Darley Alcibiades Stakes. Then on Saturday, you've got the Woodford uh, 5.5 Furlong Turf Race. The Thoroughbred Club of America. Hey, we'll be rooting for Fia Reedy. 
Sophie Doyle, I got to spend some time with her today. She's back aboard Fiorini, won this race last year. It was her first graded stakes race. And then we're going to go to the First Lady, and the First Lady, the Queen of the Turf, Teppen is there. So I think that uh, Frank and I will be handicapping this race for a place. Then you got the Claiborne Breeders Futurity, another race that's launched the careers of some very good horses. We'll see then on to the Shadwell Turf Mile, million dollars up for grabs. So those are some of the races you want to keep an eye on this week. Also, uh, for those of you that like uh, regional racing, where you're co- comparing apples to apples, it's a big week at uh, the West Virginia at Charlestown, you got the, the Breeders' Classic. That's a half a million dollars. Uh, then you got the ladies' version, 150. Uh, just a slew of stakes races uh, for the West Virginia Breeders. And let's not forget the West Virginia Onion Juice Breeders' Classic. <laughs> so anyhow, that's just a list of some of the races that uh, you'll be able to handicap this weekend. And uh, if you can't make it to the track and you just want to hear what's going on, uh, Horse Racing Radio Network is going to bring you the races uh, from Keeneland. Mike Penna and Jude Feld will be anchoring the team there. They'll have coverage of the Turf Mile, the Breeders' Futurity, Thoroughbred Club of America, First Lady. And uh, so uh, they will also be back on Sunday for more races from Keeneland. Remember, that's horseracingradio.net. And uh, if you want to go on computer, all Keeneland races are streamed live at no charge at Keeneland.com. Cool news is, if you're near a TV set, during opening weekend, NBC will broadcast two Breeders' Cup Challenge winning your end series, and uh, that will be on Saturday. The program from 5 to 6 includes the Shadwell Turf Mile, Claiborne Breeders' Futurity, and the Thoroughbred Club of America. And on a rare Sunday broadcast, from 5 to 6, they'll have the Judmont Spencer and the Dixie Anna Bourbon. So uh, we're going to be able to bring you a lot of racing to your computer or your television set or your radio this weekend. Uh, no surprise here, California Chrome remains in first place on the NTRA top thoroughbred poll. What I'm going to do is uh, get right to some of the race action. We had so much of it, I don't want to leave anything uh, on the table uh, it, it was quite uh, the uh, the weekend in racing. Of course, who was awesome again in the awesome again? None other than California Chrome. The Art Sherman trainee broke on top and looked awfully good. The main challenge, obviously, as we said last week, would be coming from Dortmund. Bob Blinker, Bob Blinker, <laughs> Bob Baffert decided to put blinkers on and. Dortman, who was 5-for-5 five five at Santa Anita, gave California Chrome everything he could into about the middle of the second turn in this mile and an eighth race. And then California Chrome and Victor Espinoza just showed their domination and pulled away. Dortman did hold on for second over win the space. Also at Santa Anita, there was the front runner. This was for the two-year-old boys, and the winner here is Gormley. Did Victor Espinoza land another big horse? Unbelievable. Uh, Gormley uh, goes wire to wire at 11 to 1, the son of Malibu Moon, trained by John Sheriffs, owned by 
Mr. and Mrs. Jerry Moss, remember them? That's right. The Zenyatta connections uh, are there. So uh, Gormley gets the job done, and Victor Espinoza, California Chrome, American Pharaoh, and now Gormley could be another big horse for him. In the second spot was the odds-on favorite, Clement, uh, Rafael Bayerano up for Bob Baffert, and the third spot was Straight Fire. From there, we went to the Rodeo Drive, and uh, this one was uh, uh, one you could kind of sleep through. They ran one, two, three all the way around. The horse I liked, Avenge, sent away at five to one, got the job done with Flavian Pratt. That's three wins in a row for the Richard Mandela the trainee. In the in the second spot, uh, on the outside was Zip Essa, who was the two to one favorite, and in third was Frenzified British Bread, who sent away at 10 to 1. Uh, then it looks like the stellar win beholder rivalry will continue, but in a bit of an upset, it was stellar wind. What a day, a four bagger for Victor Espinoza. Stellar wind was hustled out of the gate, stalked, pretty much was on even terms, uh, turning for home, and then pressed on gamely to get the win. Beholder, uh, in my opinion, looked just a tad dull in the post parade. Uh, she did when she was headed. She tried to come back late, but uh, just uh, was not able to get it done. But a, nonetheless, a very game effort. Got a great rivalry now between Beholder and Stellar Wind. In the third spot was Valdori, the Argentinian bred. And then uh, the Chandelier, it was time for the ladies to shine. Of course, all eyes were on American Cleopatra, the full sister to American Pharaoh, but she would not get the job done. It was noted and quoted. Congratulations to Bob Baffert. It's the 10th win in the Chandelier. He passes trainer D. Wayne Lucas. Noted and quoted, Baffert trainee pays 1680 With honors on the inside, set the pace and finish second. And in the third was the second choice, Zapper Cap at 5-2. to two. So those were the big ones at Santa Anita. And then we started with a, another upset. Uh, it was in New York, in the Belmont. Everybody had Flintshire singled on their tickets. It was not to be. Uh, the course, as we uh, spoke with Eric Wing, we knew the weather was bad. It was going to be yielding, and in fact, it was. And Flintshire, though, tried to fire under Javier Castellano, could not catch Ectot, a British bread that's been in the U.S. for its last two starts out of the Pletcher barn, and Ectot, Jose Ortiz in the saddle, wire to wire, one by five links. In the second uh, spot was Flintshire, and third, Twilight Eclipse. Some of the other races from Belmont Park after that upset, uh, the winner in the Gallant Bloom Handicap, was Paula's silver lining. Johnny B's been hot of late. He got the job done at 9-5. to five. Paula's silver lining uh, saved ground on the rail to the lane, swung four wide, and came around to win by one over Quazon and last year's Breeders' Cup Sprint champion, Waybell Avenue. Again, the conditions were wet in New York. Then the quick Vosburgh, Six furlong affair. It was Joking who put in a huge rally late. Uh, XY Jet led most of the way, was the six to five favorite. Uh, ended up fading though after those early efforts. In the second spot was Stall Walking Dude. And third, 
weekend hideaway, a horse Eric liked that uh, was 20 to 1 in the morning line. So thanks for your long shot, Mr. Wing. Then in the uh, Bell Dame, mile and an eighth, the winner, forever unbridled. He didn't have a bad week uh, there uh, because he, he won not only in New York but at Churchill Downs. A forever unbridled, a Dallas Stewart trainee, sent away the 3-5 to five favorite, got the job done over another long shot pick of Eric's. It was a 15-1 to one in the morning line, went off at 14-1, to one, Tiger Ride. So uh, congratulations to Dallas Stewart and to Charles Fipke, who bred Forever Unbridled. He also bred a really nice stakes winner by the name of Unbridled Forever. And the third spot was Penwith. Then uh, it was big-time upset time in, at Churchill Downs. Everybody was singling Run Happy, last year's sprint champion, on their ticket, fought for the lead, Ended up fading to fourth as the odds-on horse, Edgar Prado, regular rider, in the saddle. So the return for Run Happy, who's had quite a storied career, both positive and negative, did not get the job done after that series of very, very quick works. Had not run since December 26th at Santa Anita when he won the Malibu Wire to Wire. So uh, that was the ACK-ACK. The winner was Tom's Ready, trained by Dallas Stewart. Brian Hernandez was in the saddle, and the second spot was number one, Iron Fist, and third was Chivarelli. Again, that the grade three ack at Churchill Downs, huge upset. And then at uh, the uh, Lucas Classic at Churchill Downs, it was a wire-to-wire win by Noble Bird. This horse keeps jumping up and winning big races, uh, and uh, Julian Le Paru was in the saddle, one by one and a half over Hawkamon, uh, who came in last to second, and in the third spot was Braidster. So that's a look at uh, some of the, some of the races again. Uh, Flintshire, big upset. Beholder, not as much of an upset. Run Happy, definitely an upset. Well, that was a look at last week's action. We've got so much action on the table for this week, and we got some of the best handicappers you listen to on Winning Ponies. Up next, the man I admire. That's right, Ed Meyer. He's going to help us take on the races at Belmont Park in the Big Apple. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're 
You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. And with me, Mr. Ed Meyer. I'm going to ask him to put 10 pounds in a 5-pound sack. Steady Eddie, how you doing? How you doing, John? Putting 10 pounds in a 5-pound sack happens to be my strong suit, my friend. <laughs> well, then, uh, you know, just real quick, because uh, I know we got a lot of racing, uh, what did you think was uh, the biggest upset last week? Uh, Flintshire, oh. Beholder, or Run Happy? You know, I heard you talking about that. For for me, it was actually Flintshire, John. But uh, you know, I, I guess we can make about a thousand excuses. Uh, maybe it was too yielding. Maybe it just wasn't necessary to take all the gas out of the tank. For me, I, I guess I was expecting so much more just for Flintshire to be that Superman, just to just to overcome everything. For me, that that's that's where it was. How about you? Well, no, I agree with you uh, uh, it, because this is this isn't his end game, and Flintshire does not like a yielding course. I think the biggest one was Run Happy, and the reason is not because I really expected him to win, but because of all the hype. Uh, the, the hype was there in, in full effect, uh, but you know I, anything that Run Happy would do, especially everything that uh, this poor animal has actually faced, I, I, I'm just nothing but pure proud, and uh, I, I, I don't think we've heard the end. Well, we'll find out. I just thought coming back off of such layoffs should have had a little bit slower trainers, but I don't have a trainer's license, so what do I, I know? But you got a handicap. <laughs> you have a driver's from... license. Can we start there? <laughs> well, I was, well, that horse was driven too fast to that race, let me tell you that. <laughs> well, we got the you know uh, big uh, baby races uh, uh, popping up this time of year. One of them is the grade one for Zet, 400000 uh, for two-year-old fillies. And I know you're a guy that likes to look at trainer stats, and what jumped off the paper for me was this Nona Mella that looks like, you know, she's uh, got a pedigree that says she can go, go the distance, uh, stretching out to a mile. Uh, Todd Pletcher with two-year-olds, 26%, and, and he's excellent at taking a sprinter to a route, 25%. They rested the horse after the Adirondack. This is the horse that jumps off the paper to me, but I want to defer to you, Mr. Ed Meyer. You know, you brought up about Nona Mella. Uh, a little, little off time doesn't hurt anybody. A little vacation away from the races. It's actually been 50 days. And, and I see that Nona Mella, you know, I think she's in very good hands. I'm not about ready to question Todd Pletcher or the skills of Javier Castellano. But actually, John, I'm going to seek a, a little bit differently. You know, I, I respect Nona Mella completely. I like the one mile, the one turn mile. I love it. And I'm going to come back to number two, Libby's Tail. Now, you know, you're getting 8-1 to one on the morning line, which is a great starting point. A beaten favorite last time out, which for me is one of my favorite angles. Now, if the public was actually backing it, and Nona Mello went on to win the Adirondack, but Nona Mello was almost 9-1. to one. Uh, Libby's tail was a beaten favorite in that race, veered out in the stretch. Okay, maybe a little, little excuse. It's a two-year-old filly. The rider-trainer combo are 16 for 19 in the money just on the last two weeks alone. Uh, it was an impressive main win. I went back and watched the video replay. Plenty of speed from Sky Gesture, from Nona Mella, from, from colorful charades. I, I think a, a middle-stalking move. 
you've got you've got the patient hand of a rat Ortiz, John. And for me, I, I think it's going to be a rider's race, and and I see just a maybe a middle stalking move, staying about right in the the end of that first flight, and I see Libby's tail pouncing on them about the three eighths pole, and just. Going home from there, I, I'm a big fan of a Red Ortiz. I know that makes me the master of uh, of all things obvious. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, <laughs> but at 22%, how can you squabble at eight to one? I'm going to go Libby's tail, but I'll box it with your Denona Miller. Okay, well, let's move on to the Kelso Handicap. It's a grade two, $350,000. It'll be going a flat mile. A very inter- interesting field. Uh, the, the horse that I'm kind of scratching my head about, uh, not because it doesn't have great credentials, is Point Piper. Uh, long layoff from May. Comes back at Emerald Downs in the Long Acres Mile and pops a 103 after that big race. You know, Jerry Hollendorfer is awful dangerous when he ships. Uh, the horse that it beat in the Long Acres Mile came back and won its next race. Point, Point Piper scares me. I see Mario Gutierrez is coming in. And... Uh, the other one I'm kind of looking at in here is anchored down. You know, I, I can go right with your point, Piper, John, but I would just need a little bit better of a price now. And I know that's just the morning line. I Jack have no odds in front of me, as you know. shipping to the East Coast very often. John, out of, out of here, I, I can go only in one direction, and that's Tommy Macho. Six to one, second start of the year. I love that. Three for three in the money, two of which are winners at Belmont. So you got a horse. I'm going to call it the horse for the course angle, as you and I have talked over the years. That was an impressive victory in the grade three Hooper last time at a Gulfstream Park and been off for eight months. And, and you talked about being well-rested just in the last, the, the last race. Eight months coming in. If you take a look at the timelines, every time there's a significant time off the board, Tommy Macho comes back and runs a pretty good race. And if you take a look at the lifetime starts, nine starts, eight of which are in the money, I, I'm, I'm actually seeking bigger prices here, and I think Tommy Macho is going to be every bit of six to one, if not better. Okay, and I'm going to co-sign that with a great trainer angle when uh, Todd co- comes back with 100 days plus, wins 35% of the time. That's Tommy Macho in the Kelso. Moving on to the inner turf. I think the weather's halfway decent, but we don't know what Hurricane Matthew's going to deliver uh, by the time the weekend comes around. This is going to be a marquee race because, uh, in my opinion, it's the comeback of Lady Eli. I was really impressed uh, with her Boston Spa effort. I thought she was game. She dug in. But I, there's no such thing as a sure thing. I, I might be betting more with my heart and my head, but I'd love to see Lady Eli come back. She's never been beat at Belmont. I don't think you will, and I don't think I will be alone. I, I agree with you completely with Lady Eli, John. I really started off the day, and I said, you know, I want to try to beat her with C. Khaleesi. Now, I, nothing away from C. Khaleesi whatsoever, but Lady Eli has come so far. And the way she actually angled off the rail just gently first time out, my goodness, in almost 13 months as a beaten favorite. It was only beaten three-quarters of a length. The patient hand of Chad Brown as a conditioner. John, I, I'm really looking forward to a big, big run from Lady Eli. I really wanted to look for a bigger price, but why? A good friend of mine once said, hey, if you find $5.20 on the ground, won't you pick it up? <laughs> I, I will. And I tell you what, with Lady Eli, who knows? You may get even the 9 to 5 on this one. Yeah, because I, I, I know. I, I think Sidiera Italia will get bet, and so will the horse you mentioned, C. Khaleesi, and, and it may just help us to, to get more than even money on her. 
and you know what? Right about now, I'll take it as a real victory. And and I have to say, the the horse fan in me, the the guy that actually started off betting two dollars to place a hundred years ago. I want to see Lady Eli come back in fine fashion. And, and my main man, I ran Ortiz as a board, so, and he's quite a turf rider. Absolutely. Well, uh, the, uh, the, the eighth race on the card, the, the champagne, what, what a history this race has. But let me tell you, I did a little homework. The 70s, this race was a race for the ages. In 71, it was Reva Ridge. In 72, Stop the Music beat Secretariat in the Champagne. Uh, in 74, it was Foolish Pleasure. In 75, it was Honest Pleasure. Then how about this trifecta? 76, Seattle Slough. 77, Alidar. 78, Spectacular Bid. Whoever wins this race better know it's a very important event. You know, you bring up a lot of really cool history, and, and I, I'm a big history buff of the game. I, and not only do I enjoy making a $2 wager, I love the history and reading, and, and every time you mention one, it just brought back chills, actually, for me. But in, in this eighth race, I'm going to go right to the bottom with Big Gray Rocket at 6-1, to one, Money Man Mike Smith in New York for Bullet Bob Baffert. I'm telling you what, John, there couldn't be a better tandem if you could actually invent one in the laboratory. Two for two in the money, one of which is a win, one of which is a second. This, the son of Tappet, a gray son of Tappet, which you know there's a lot of grays out there, and even some that borderline on white. I love Big Gray Rocket. Went back and watched this maiden victory. If you have the opportunity, do so. You may be swayed a little bit, and especially at 6-1 to one with Mike Smith. Okay, well, you say tomato, I say tomato. You take the, in, you take the outside, I'll take the inside. I'm kind of liking practical joke. Not crazy about the post, uh, but the, the horse has shown the ability to come off the pace, and I love that with, with two-year-olds that can take some dirt in the face and still go on to win. He's two for two, out of the Chad Brown barn. I think he's going to be awful salty in there. Um, you know, he hasn't been beaten yet. I don't know if he's going to be beaten in here, but uh, Practical Joke uh, will be my selection in the, the champagne. All right, let's move on to a race that surprisingly drew a short field. When you throw a million dollars on the table, you think more people would show up. Of course, I won't even begin to give you the history lesson in the Jockey Club Gold Cup, uh, but nonetheless, there's no real standout in here. You you could look at this race for days and come up with a hundred different answers, John. For me, it, it started off, and I went with my first gut instinct, and that was FNX. Mike Smith for James Jerkins. Six for nine in the money. Likes the Belmont Oval. Has some nice maintenance works coming in. Uh, it, was, it was a solid race in the Whitney. It was a solid race. But what really sold me was is the distance factor. Seven starts, three wins, a second and two-thirds. That's six for seven in the money at the distance. Loves the distance. You've got a rider who excels on, on placing his runner just at the right place at the right time. FNX is seven to five. I, I believe it's Travis Stone that makes the morning line. I would have to say that he, he was just beating his head into the wall trying to make this one come out. But I think FNX is really something special. And, and, I, and I know that uh, FNX enjoys the oval. He's in good hands with James Jerkins. You couldn't ask for a better rider than Mike Smith coming east. I, FNX all day long for me. I'm going to have a hard time arguing with you. You know, James Jerkins, son of the giant killer, has kind of become one himself. And uh, he's had some interesting dances with the, the two biggest threats in here, uh, whereas uh, he, uh, Opportunity ran second to him in the Clark Handicap. 
and Mutaish, if I could say that correctly. Uh, We'll have Irad Ortiz back in the saddle, just missed by a head in in the, the prestigious Woodard Stakes after running third to F and X in the Woodward. So he's going to be in there with the, uh, you know, some familiar company for sure. But again, you look at the trainer angle with James Jerkins. Great in stakes races. He's running 47 of them already this year, Ed. He's won 26%. And when he comes in with a rested horse, he wins 22% of the time. you got the money man, Mike Smith, in the saddle. I'm going to co-sign your selection in the Jockey Club Gold Cup. We're going to make him even money for sure. All right. Well, uh, our producer, Matt, uh, tells us that we got about uh, two minutes left. I know that you've probably at least glanced at some of the uh, races over at Keeneland. Anybody that came to the top for you know, their big I was, fall I was stars just All-Star. starting to get involved in the Keeneland. Actually, John, on, on the weekend, on the Saturday alone, there's nine grade ones, of which uh, I believe uh, four, at, uh, four at New York, and I believe you're going to see three at, uh, at, at Keeneland. And Keeneland's going to have a superb card. I think weather's not going to be a factor. For me, I think I'm going to be more of a fan than actually someone who's trying to cash a, a big ticket. I want to see Teppen. Come back and just be and just put put the best foot forward, the better her best foot forward, and just springboard this right into the Breeders' Cup. I'm really looking forward to the Grade One First Lady. It's race number seven on the card. Teppen is two to five. Now, as I said, aside from trying to make the big money move, nah, I, the, the fan in me wants to see Teppen come back in full full gear. Well, uh, like minds are uh, on this line right now. I was uh, in an interview with uh, Mark Cassie earlier this week, and the question came up. It's like, you know, she loves uh, Keeneland. She's never been beat on the turf there. Uh, you, you, she loves a mile. you got the Shadwell Turf Mile for a million. Um, instead, you're going against the girls for the first lady, and he's like, you know what? We had a game plan in the beginning of the year. You know, he says... This race is going to set her up so perfect, running against the girls, and I don't see anybody in here that can beat her. Um, why take the stress, perhaps, that would happen in the Shadwell Turf Mile, where right now, from what I see, they've got an 11-horse field, so there's always the chance for trouble to jump up. you know. And really, at this point in her career, with over $4 million in the bank, is, is another $200,000 really worth it? No. No, and Mark Cassie does so well at Keeneland, John. Uh, so many times you, you've had the, the wonderful opportunity to see him uh, marching into the winner's circle, and, and he brings his, uh, his runners into the paddock, and they look every bit of $10 million apiece. I cannot wait to see Teppen run. And I know that kicks off the pick four. I can't say that I won't have a little pick four brewing, but uh, Teppen is, uh, is, is very sweet in my heart this weekend. And briefly, one other horse that I think will be close to our heart will be Fioretti in the Thoroughbred Club of America with Sophie Doyle up. Fioretti gave Sophie Doyle and her trainer, Mr. Hamilton, their first graded stakes race ever. All of a sudden, she's back in the saddle. She's winning again, and it make for a great story. I would love to see it. And by the way, congratulations, Sophie, on winning two races today at Belterra Park. 
and she only had two mounts, and one of them was a pickup stick. She rode great, and you called a great race, Ed. Well, listen, hey, Thank thanks you, a lot on, uh, on, on such a quick call, being able to uh, be as astute as you always are and joining us here on Winning Ponies. I wish you nothing but the best on Super Saturday, Fall Stars, All Stars. Say what you want. Your head's going to be spinning trying to get to every race on the weekend. Can't wait, John. Hey, it's been a pleasure as always, and best of luck to everyone out there. Pay attention to this guy. He knows what he's doing. All right. That's steady, Eddie Edmeyer. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to attack Keeneland with a guy from Kentucky, Frank Angst, Eclipse Award winner from the Blood Horse. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, no stranger to Winning Ponies, it is Frank Angst. As you know, for many years, I think a dozen years, he wrote for the Thoroughbred Times. Uh, now he's with the Blood Horse. Uh, he was part of a team that won the 2014 Media Eclipse Award. And uh, not only uh, does he write, he also uh, covers the races and knows how to handicap a little bit. Frank, how you doing? Pretty good, John. How are you? I'm great. It looks like it's going to be a fantastic weekend uh, weather-wise, so we don't have to worry about any yielding turf or anything uh, down at the track. Uh, We're we're going to get to see a a champion perform and uh, just a slew of good races, uh, starting uh, with the Alcibiades. Real quick, though, I know we've got a lot to get to, but I wanted to ask your opinion. I asked Ed the same question. Of the upsets last week, Beholder, Flintshire, and Run Happy, which one did you think was the biggest upset? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> that's why I don't like to give you any show prep. Yeah, because uh, the thing is, is none of none of the. I know this sounds. This is very much twenty to twenty twenty hindsight, but none of them totally shocked me. I guess Beholder would be of those three, but uh, I mean, she had just lost to to Stellar Wind, and then Flincher with the the turf playing that way. I guess. I, well, in some ways, that might have been most shocking. I will say ahead of time, though, Run Happy, if there was ever a time, I did say this ahead of the race. I just thought it was a, 
a tough spot for him, really, with the layoff and the new distance. And um, I just thought that was, I thought that actually was a bet against Run Happy in, in that instance. It's so funny, that I one said the same the thing. Least surprising. Yeah, I said the same yeah. thing to my friends. I said, if there was ever a day you wanted to bet against the source, this is the day you did it, and it didn't even hit the board. Well, let's yeah. move on. Uh, to, so we got so many races here, here at Keelan. Again, it's going to be a gorgeous day. Uh, on Friday, we kick it off with the grade one $400,000 Alcibiades, and um, n- nobody's afraid of anybody in here. You know, they're two-year-olds. A lot of them could get a quick wake-up call. Um, you know, it's pretty interesting. I'm, uh, I actually have the odds on my past performance years. It was most time I don't. And mm-hmm. it looks to me the two horses I like are, are favorites at 5-1. to one. <laughs> How about value there? Uh, I yeah, saw that yeah. race that Deodura uh, ran up at Arlington Park, the Arlington-Washington Lassie. And, uh, you know, for a two-year-old to come from ninth and end up winning just going away. I thought she, you know, romped after being roughed up early. She looked really good. And, you know, Kenny McPeak, I believe he's won this race three times. I know he's won the Pocahontas at least twice. He's coming in. Don't like the post position, number 14. Yeah. But Daddy's little darling, you know, Kenny's done it a lot of times at Keeneland. And uh, I would not be surprised, especially since this race at a mile and a 16th, a lot of these horses haven't gone the distance. Yeah. You know what surprised me about this race, though, John, and it's what I'm going to try to take advantage of, is usually in these two-year-old stakes, you have a lot of horses that have already shown they can go gate to wire. They're the precocious types that just break well, and they keep going, and no one can pass them, And in part because two-year-olds haven't really figured out how to pass, things like that. They're still maturing. But this is the odd two-year-old stakes race where most of these horses have come from off the pace. Yes. So I'm going to take a different approach here, and I'm going to go with the horse that's shown speed, Caroline Test. Um, you know, she went gate to wire at Ellis, nearly went gate to wire in her second start there. Then they moved her to the turf at, at Kentucky Downs, which I'm sure was just let's take advantage of the of the huge purses there. She nearly went gate to wire there, and uh, I think she's, she'll get something out of that race. I kind of like that move. That that course, I think, could really um, you know put make a horse very fit coming into this one. So I I see real upset potential there with her at eight to one morning line. That's a great angle, and uh, something else that was uh, announced is that hor- Jose Ortiz is moving his tack to Keeneland. I guess, you know, they want to kind of expand his resume and put him in front of a new audience. Because I was looking at all these Belmont races, and I was seeing horses he had won on in the last race, and he's being replaced by another jockey. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? Well, I handicapped Belmont before I handicapped Keeneland, and all of a sudden I see that he's going to be there. So that'll be very interesting. And, you know, probably from a career viewpoint, it's not a bad idea to put him in front of the Kentucky audience live. So uh, he gets the call. I certainly like that he's riding this filly. Yeah, I bet you do, especially at 8-1. to one. Well, all right, then we move into Saturday. What a day it's going to be. Uh, you guys are going to be busy as writers. I'm sure you had to divvy up the uh, the job assignments at the Blood Horse of who's covering what. But nobody's exactly. ducking anybody in the five-and-a-half furlong turf. Uh, you've got last year's uh, Breeders' Cup uh, turf winner, uh, Mongolian, Mongolian Saturday. Saturday. I'm yeah. sure they'll have their uh, colorful <laughs> group uh, with them. That was quite the scene last year at Keeneland. But he's, uh, you know, they, 
they've been going all over the world with this horse, right. and I don't know that it's been to its benefit. So I'm going to kind of pa- pass on, on, on him a little bit. And uh, I don't really have a, a solid. I, I love Wesley Ward, and, and I'm drafted right. just from a personal uh, viewpoint. You know, he's never ducked anybody, and he's another world traveler. But uh, this is going to be a wide, wide open race. I, I, yeah. Again, the favorite could, be, could easily be 4-1. to one. When going there is Saturday was very good to me last year. That was the money horse for me at Breeders' Cup. Um, and believe it or not, though, I'm going to try to go against him here with, an, with a long shot, a total long shot here, um, Buchero. And what I like about this, so he's 20-1 to 1 morning line, so I'll take a flyer. It's not a horse I'm going to have a huge amount of money on, but I'm definitely going to have some. And what I like about this horse, and this is what I do on turf sprints, is I largely look for speed on the inside and closers on the outside. And like last year was the odd race where Mongolian Saturday didn't have much speed inside of him. So even though he broke from the outside, he was quickly able to get in that really good stalking position, we remember. But this horse has a lot of early speed and gets the rail. I mean, he's run well in all three of his turf sprints. Um, they, you know, like if you're the Indiana Downs, people might, you know, what what went on. But it, I mean, you look at Churchill, and the horse ran third in that stakes race there, and in that race, the horse drew the the five the five hole, got caught between horses late, which is always just a difficult spot. I mean, all I'm betting on here is that this horse gets to jump and keeps going and somehow holds off undrafted just at the wire. Um, but at twenty to one, I think it, it's worth a shot. Absolutely. We're talking with Frank Angst from the, the, the Blood Horse, and uh, this is going to be a very, very interesting race. Don't blink. It's going to be over. I'm guessing the turf exactly. horse is going to be playing pretty glib. Uh, we, we did have uh, a little bit of rain last week, but it's got to be pretty tight. I'm guessing it'll be a, a firm course there. Um, I, I see a couple that may try to go with him. Yeah. Uh, this uh, the show good I think would be showing some early foot. Uh, front it, yeah, that's very possible. The the thing with him is most of the times that he's shown early speed has been on the poly. So I'm not sure uh, he might. I mean I don't disagree. He's I, I prefer he doesn't go, <laughs> but he very well could. And the other thing is Robbie doesn't. Robbie Alvarado is not always the most aggressive rider. So that those are two things. I mean I won't be shocked if he does go. I hope he doesn't, but. Uh, there's some reason to believe that maybe he doesn't. All right. Well, uh, that, again, we're talking with Frank Angst, was the uh, running of the Woodford, five and a half on the turf. Let's see if we can squeeze one more in before the break. I already showed my hand on this one because uh, I'm going to be betting with my heart, and that is uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Sophie Doyle's, and whoever yeah. grabs this story is going to have a good one if she wins. You know, she went up to Belterra today, had two mounts, won them both with a really nice off-the-pace style. One of them, a, a two-year-old race going going a mile <laughs> with a first-time yeah. starter from the Rusty Arnold barn. And, uh, but Fioretti's the horse I'm talking about. It gave uh, uh, Sophie uh, her first uh, graded stakes win. As you know, she got injured, and so she was replaced by several other jockeys. I'm so glad she back in the saddle. Made a nice uh, effort in the muddy uh, open mind. Stakes at Churchill Downs at six furlongs, $100,000 race. A hard-fought wire-to-wire win. Um, my heart will be with Fioretti, but I'm thinking Stonetastic might be the one to beat. I mean, it's Stonetastic is just has so much early speed and can keep it going, but 
I don't disagree on Fioretti. I, I think she has a real shot. I mean, first of all, she won this race last year. I mean, sometimes we come up with so many complicated things and handicapping. It's, it's always good to look at the most basic. This horse has already shown that she can win this race. Now, granted, the field's different. Everything's a little different, but she has won it. And then the other encouraging thing about her that you just mentioned is she's coming off the win. That, that was her first win since last year's TCA. But it shows the horse that's back in form, and we've already seen that she can win this race once. I mean, certainly Stonetastic's just a, a, a wild card that's just an amazing wild card because she's, she she's capable of running so fast early and sustaining that to the wire. So, yeah, it's, maybe we'll be watching her uh, tour de force, but I think Fioretti's an interesting horse at the price. I, I definitely think she's the value. And, and a good trainer angle, too, because Anthony Hamilton, uh, when he wins last start out, he comes back and wins 27% of the time. Yeah. So Anthony, that, he's a good trainer. Uh, well, that is the Thoroughbred Club of America, grade two, six furlong affair on the main dirt track at Keeneland. Uh, so uh, uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break. We're talking with Frank Angst from the Blood Horse Thanks for listening to us, and stay tuned. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, Frank Angst. Uh, in just a minute, we're going to be talking about a champion horse. But before we move on to that champion, how awesome was California Chrome in the awesome again? I mean, it's just been an amazing season, start after start for California Chrome. and I mean, you just love watching them every time. And the one thing I think that's in the back of a lot of racing fans' mind is if we had more horses that raced at age five, how many more performances like this could we see? But just to all the credit to the connections that have made this possible, I mean, it's just been, you know, joy to watch this horse race uh, as a five-year-old and put together this kind of season. I know. And it just, it's just going to add to the drama when we get to, to the Breeders' Cup Classic because uh, you, you know that, uh, you know, that's so many people's end goal for, for the season. But uh, right now, 
you know, I'd have to, I'd have to make him the favorite. Frank, I want to ask you something. Uh, I was just scratching sure. my head the other day. Um, what do you hear about Arrogate? I mean, I just, you know, immediately after the Traverse, Bob said he was going to train the horse up, or shortly after the Traverse, but he said he was going to train the horse up to the Classic, and we've already seen that Bob's very capable of training a horse off a layoff, uh, especially, to me, especially the fact that the horse is going to be racing at Santa Anita, so they don't have to travel or anything. I, He's probably my pick at this point. <laughs> My heart wants California Chrome to win, but boy, I've just seen Baffert just do so many masterful jobs. I suspect he he might have another one in him this year. But it'll be good to see the horse that week and everything. And I mean, California Chrome, as a fan, you, you can't do any better there. No, no. And quite frankly, one sensational race does not a career make. Yeah. Also, a three year old racing against a seasoned veteran. It'll be very, very interesting. And then you see uh, Victor Espinosa, damn, he keeps wanting to say he wants to retire, and then he ends up with, with Gormley in the big two-year-old race <laughs> out in Santa Anita, and it looks like he's sitting on another potential derby horse. We'll find out. But anyhow, uh, you're going to be at Keeneland on Saturday, so let's bring our attention back there. I mentioned that we're going to be talking about a champion, and the champion is Teppen. Um, I'm guessing you were in on the NTRA conference uh, uh, call this week and, and heard uh, – um, Mark Cassie's comments saying, you know, really, why do I have to bang my head against the boys in a, in a very deep and busy field when I can just prep perfectly for the Breeders' Cup with the First Lady? Yeah, he thought this was the better uh, prep race to, to go into the mile and, and face the boys there, just as she did last year when she beat them. Uh, I mean, in a normal year, Teppen would probably already have Horse of the Year locked up, but uh, with what California Chrome has done, he he may have it already. I think as long as he runs reasonably well, hits the board in the Classic, I think he's pretty much the lock for that. But, I mean, it's such an amazing year because we have Teppen and Songbird, which in almost any other year, they'd be right together. But, I mean, she's the best miler in the world. She's already She's gone out and proven it, proved it. You know, she's won international races here and international races at Royal Ascot, so there's nothing more you can ask in it. It just, I mean, it, there's good fillies in this race, but it just seems like a coronation and a celebration of her season and career at, at Keeneland on Saturday. Um, you know, the, the the horse that I like to, to maybe finish underneath is, is Nemeralia, mm-hmm. who was, Looking at she's it. a three-year-old, and, and she ran in the juvenile turf, juvenile turf fillies last year, and she ran a really nice race, really came close, and at the end needed just a bit more distance or else maybe it started to move earlier. But the other thing about her and, and what I really liked is she just looked great on that course all week. She, this is a course that she likes. She's going to run her best race on Saturday, and we'll see how good that is. I don't think it's good enough to beat Teppin, but I think it'll make for a nice exacta. Yeah, I mean, as uh, Kevin Gomer used to always say, the race is for place, and I think it is in here. Uh, number up. Too, in, in that race was shuffled far back early on and came back and, and to beat only three quarters of a length by uh, catch a glimpse glimpse uh, the champion certainly no uh, uh, mark on your uh, report card that's not a bad yeah one. when you look at what she's gone on to do this year especially yeah it's very clear that uh, she lost to a, a good horse there and, and was close to beating her now my next question for you Frank perhaps you know is 
where is Catch a Glimpse and when might we see her again? I should have researched that better because I was just talking about that with somebody. Oh, I know where. She's going to the Queen Elizabeth II next weekend, which makes sense because that's a restricted for three-year-old fillies on the turf at Keeneland. So they're going to take their shot there. And that, that you, you see a lot of three-year-old turf fillies make that their – I don't know that that's her final race this year, but they make that a, a big target, and that's where she, we can look for her. Well, I could say is she pr- pretty sensational in her own right. So, uh, but it'll be fun to be down there, and you know the Cassie barn is so loaded. But it, it, it's great that they're going to be showcasing uh, uh, Teppen on Saturday. Of course, uh, we go on now to the 103rd running of the now Claiborne Breeders Futurity. I mean, you think about some of the horses that have come out of this race over the decades. We're talking, uh, you know, horses that really went on to become nice older horses, Round Table, Swale, 49er, Favorite Trick, and as recently as Carpe Diem. So, uh, you know, the horse that comes out of this race is, is going to have credentials as a three-year-old. That's for sure, and I think this is a good field. There's a lot of, I don't... We don't 100% know who's going to jump up, but, I mean, I think whoever wins this is going to definitely be a good horse. I mean, Classic Empire is the most established. Obviously, anyone that picks, her, picks him is going to be nervous at that start. He's, he's had problems at every start and through the jock in, in the previous one, so that's, that's been a big challenge for him. Um, you know, digging a little deeper here, the, the horse that I kind of like is Singing Bullet, a... Uh, Dale Roman's trainee, and if you look the last few years, and Dale has said this on the record, that he, he kind of likes starting a two-year-old at Ellis as opposed to taking him up to Saratoga and just, I mean, it's just a, such a tough spot at Saratoga where you just have to be on your game in that first start to get that maiden win. And Dale's taken a more relaxed approach with some of his good young horses and started him at Ellis and this one fits the bill. Just ran a nice, smooth race. If you look at all those, each fraction, it ran a nice fraction, and uh, kept that going to the wire. And you know, it's, I don't know that there were any world beaters in there, but I think it's it's been Dale's approach with good horses. And the horse did nothing wrong. He should like two turns. Is a hard spun, and he's also has the breeding out of life at ten, who we all remember, Grade One winning filly. So, you know, it, he has the breeding and. Uh, I think Dale might have something here. Okay. Well, uh, again, we're talking with Frank Anks. It'll be a very interesting race. I, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, there's a bit of a mystery horse in here, a trainer I don't know, Antonio Sano, uh, coming in here with Gunavera, who uh, won the Saratoga Special, has a very solid uh, buyer for a two-year-old, an 84. Yeah. Uh, hard to throw that horse out. And then... Uh, Made you know, a really you, nice run uh, late in the Saratoga Special. That that can be a tough uh, where that horse put it all together. That you don't see a whole lot of horses do that. So yeah, that was a nice run. And again, you know, these are two-year-olds are stretching out to a mile and a sixteenth. Well, Frank, my producer tells me we got just under two minutes, and I know that's going to be awful tough uh, with a, a full race like the Shadwell Turf Mile. It's a grade one, a million dollars. I think it's pretty wide open. Of course, uh, you know, you've got uh, some solid, solid runners in there for a million, you will. Grand Arch is always going to be dangerous, but I could name a couple others like Miss Temple City, who kind of likes Keeneland herself. Yeah. 
I have a huge respect for Mike Battaglia as a line maker, but is six to one going to hold up on Mondialist? I mean, I hope so because I mean, this is a horse that, in all three of his North American starts, has been first, second, first. The only horse he lost to was Teppen, so he's never lost to a male horse in the U.S. I think he's better at a mile than a mile and a quarter that he just won the Arlington Million at. I don't understand why he's six to one, and I hope he is. But that, to me, that's the pick there. Okay, he's he's an Irish bred, and as Frank said, uh, you know, can can handle uh, the racing at at Keeneland. I uh, was in the Breeders' Cup Mile and finished second to Teppen, and since then's been running against Graded Stakes Company. Comes back and wins a little old race by the name of the Arlington Million in its last start. So Mondelez, the Irish bred, certainly, uh, I. I, I I thought the horse was going to be made the favorite, to be honest with you. But you got some I mean, other horses. That... You never know the story, and, and I'm not, I don't pretend to. I've never asked the trainer any of the connections about it. But when you see a horse like this, you just wonder if Lasix is what's making the difference. The, the horse this year hasn't run, did not run as well in Europe, but uh, once he's come back here. So I, I just go by what, what he's done in North America, and it, there's, it's impressive. All right. Well, uh, I'm impressed with uh, how fast you can get through all of these great races. They're very difficult to handicap, Frank Angst. Greatly appreciate you being on the show, and I look forward to seeing you down in the bluegrass for this big day. Sounds great, John. We'll see you there. All right. That was Frank Angst. Earlier helping us with the Belmont card was Steady Eddie, Ed Meyer, and uh, remember, such a big week like this. There's going to be a lot of nice pools. You're going to get a lot of good odds. Go to winningponies.com and pull down your easy win forms. As I glance over the manicured turf course past the Ohio River to the hills of Kentucky, I do remind you, when you go to the races, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.